Mansfield 103.2, the home of great music. A very good evening to you. This is In Focus, where tonight we're tackling the subject of domestic abuse and much, much more. I'm here at NIDAS. Got a panel of people alongside me this evening as we tackle the difficult subject of domestic abuse. Let me introduce you first and foremost to the panel. Over on the very far side, we've got Mansfield 103.2's police and crime correspondent, Mr. Peter Jones. Very good evening to you. And good evening to you. We've also got uh, Becky Mathias. Have I said that right? You have. That's oh, fine. Well done. It might not happen for the rest of the show. Right. Uh, and also Sue Reddy from Nidas as well. And also to my left, I've got Rebecca Jackson from Hopkins Solicitors as well. Thank you very much for joining us uh, Thank you tonight. Me. Obviously, Valentine's Day this week. It's a time of the year, really, where the word love is quite often in the headlines and things like that. And it's associated, really, with being a time of year which people enjoy and celebrate all the the good things about relationships but I think one clear message which we're probably looking to get out of this tonight Sue from NIDAS is the fact that behind closed doors it can sometimes be a very different story indeed. It absolutely can. Um, what we what we know, what we want to do is we want to enjoy Valentine's Day. It is a time of year that we celebrate love, positive relationships, but it's obviously obviously a time of year that you know we know that uh, domestic abuse does happen. It happens all year round, uh, and Valentine's Valentine's Day goes without any exception. In terms of what Hopkins do, Rebecca, obviously I know that you guys do work very hard and very closely with with NIDAS. Give me a bit more of an insight into the into the working relationship which which you guys have. How does it marry up a, between a, a solicitors and a charity who does support sort of domestic violence and abuse uh, sufferers and victims? Well, um, it can depend really, Craig, on um, the particular um, lady or man um, who's coming to see uh, see us. Um, they may well already be uh, linked up with NIDAS or they may not have any support whatsoever. Um, if they don't have support from NIDAS, they'll always be my first point of call um, in the area um, because they can provide support um, on, a, on a low level if it hasn't reached court proceedings yet and also at court to provide support um, when they're giving evidence um, and before um, attending meetings with the client. Uh, so it's, it's a very important relationship because although we deal with the legal aspect of it, it's important that they have someone there who understands the more emotional side to it um, and have that constant support uh, alongside the legal aspects. I think it's something which the entire panel will agree on, that domestic abuse sufferers and domestic violence sufferers find it very difficult to come out and speak in the first instance. So do you perhaps find at Hopkins when you having a, a meeting about a potential divorce and things like that, that people are actually talking about these things and these issues are actually becoming discovered for the first time? Um, yes, sometimes actually. Um, when you discuss with um, clients about um, what they've been through in their relationship and take them through um, the processes of how they've felt, um, whether that be um, financial um, issues that they've encountered with their partners um, or emotional issues um, or uh, physical issues. Um, some things they wouldn't even think about as domestic abuse would would classify as domestic abuse. Um, so uh, it is actually quite interesting when you have those discussions with them, when they the, the light kind of switches on with them and they think, oh, actually, maybe I have been abused and I've not actually realised it through however many years. So it's important that they have people like NIDAS um, who 
give them a bit more information about what would classify as domestic abuse. And I imagine at that point as well, it, that's where it can get a little bit more serious in terms of the police, which is an apt time to bring in our former DCI, Peter Jones. Yes, it, it is a problem that the police have been dealing with. I mean, you, you've got to bear in mind that, that they estimate that there's well over a million cases each year in England and Wales. Uh, and of course, I think the problem uh, now, uh, Rebecca, is that the, the, the victims don't get legal aid, do they, if, if they're dealing with it through this, the civil courts? Well, actually, I think the conception of that is quite misleading. Um, legal aid is available. Um, legal help and legal aid are available for victims of domestic abuse. So quite often I will have ladies or gentlemen that come in to see me and they talk about the harassment um, that they have experienced from their ex-partner um, and quite often we can write a warning letter to that ex-partner um, to set out the harassment that um, the lady or gentleman is receiving, um, warn them not to do it and if they continue that harassment then we would take further steps in the form of a non-molestation order. Rebecca, you picked up on a, a point there in terms of male and female. That's something which we'll discuss a little bit more mm. later on. But just in a nutshell, are you now seeing more people come to you in terms of when they're talking through divorce proceedings where the male is actually a, a victim of, of domestic abuse or is it still a, a relatively comparative level? Um, I would definitely say that women are the more significant uh, uh, gender that are domestically abused um, certainly the people that come to see me anyway um, but nonetheless there are a, a few um, males that are coming coming forward more more than more than ever really um, but still I would say it was more uh, females a good time to bring uh, to bring obviously Becky and Sue in here from from NIDAS mm -hmm. you guys as well I think it's fair to say that over the years a lot of people when they talk about domestic abuse charities do think solitary female mm -hmm. but that's not the case here at all is it no absolutely not we support the whole family in our approach and that includes males that may be children but are, are classed as being adults because they're over 18 and also what we've become more aware of and a theme that runs through NIDAS at the moment is reconstituted families and blended families so new partners who are healthy and in a healthy relationship but where they're also being impacted on on that absent perpetrator and I know that you also do a, a lot of work and you have started doing a lot more work in terms of getting the strategy right for supporting men because that is the difficult thing. I think for a woman it's hard enough to come forward and talk about being domestically abused but for a man it's, it's probably ten times as hard. Definitely, I, I would absolutely say that and, and as just to reiterate we are a whole family approach uh, service so we do support male victims, female victims and we will, um, we will support young young males also but certainly being able to sort of reach out to those individuals is important we're always trying to find new ways of getting that right and that includes use, use of social media we're sort of looking at how we can better use that um, telephone support text support email but again it's about making sure that you know we use media as a means to get that message to both male and female that actually you know we are here to support now we talk a lot about how we can be supported but I think what a lot of people won't particularly know is how domestic abuse and how domestic violence breaks down into certain 
areas you talk about domestic violence you don't need to paint a picture for that because you know what what that's going to be but in terms of domestic abuse there are so many ways aren't there Becky which you know people perhaps don't realize is actually abuse in the first case yeah absolutely and I think Rebecca touched on it earlier when she talked about people coming into the solicitors with an appointment um, things around financial and challenging um, maybe just giving them £10 to do the shopping when they've got to buy family food, nappies, milk, etc. People just see that as being managing and budgeting. Actually, there's much more to that. And, th- and going back to the Valentines, a lot of what we may see in an early relationship is happy Valentines may well be that early start for us, early warning signs that there may be some coercion and some control within that relationship. How? I would suggest one of the early warning signs we often talk about is um, obsessive behaviours. So maybe turning up where you've gone out for drinks with friends or maybe gone to the cinema with friends and they turn up, um, offering you a lift. What we'd see as being potentially nice behaviour, particularly when you're a young person, mm. I think in your teens particularly, you would look at that as they care about you, that they're interested in you. Actually, that becomes quite obsessive and also possessive and jealous. We talk about having support on social media and things like that but has social media also now contributed to a way in which uh, um, domestic abuse can can take place absolutely i think you know especially through um we know through uh, facebook through instagram twitter all these uh, social media platforms being able to make threats through uh, and i'm sure our colleague from the police will sort of uh, back me up in this, uh, being able to sort of, you know, threaten individuals, especially if you, you show you share images which are personal between each other, uh, and then those images are then, if one person threatens the other person and says, you know what, I'm gonna show this off, you don't do such and such, or if you go out with your friends, you know, this is what I will do. So the consequences to that, which, you know, which is form, forming an unhealthy relationship. And as Becky said, you know, that then escalates into much uh, more intimated threats. And what we know is, is that young people uh, between the ages of 16 and 25 are at the greatest risk uh, because of these intense relationships. Absolutely. And and again, you know, Valentine's Day is a time where we kind of consider that as, you know, as a time for love and sharing and things like that. But actually, you know, our young people, you know, they don't often understand that. They just they want to sort of um, yeah. be, popular be popular and be yeah. liked and, and be in a relationship and, like have, that. Yeah, and I think the social media aspect is also around the absent father that mm-hmm. has been the perpetrator may use that platform to contact children um, to have contact that they shouldn't be having that may um, be has been insisted by court or maybe bail conditions through the police and they'll be using that as a way to make contact with both the victim and the children. And also harassment, you know, I think people don't have an idea that actually, you know, while, while one person is saying to another person, you know, I want to see my child, that's one thing. But when it escalates and the, 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 the contact is continual and people kind of make excuses to themselves that actually it's, it's a healthy, you know, it's just a father or a mother wanted to get in contact and find out about that child. Actually, when, it, when the, there are pressures behind that, there is felt and then that then escalates beyond are so identified and I think quite a few people out there will be a bit surprised but uh, but young women aged 16 to 24 are the ones that are most at risk and that I think will surprise most people. It's certainly something we're going to continue to look at here on Mansfield 103.2's In Focus. We're here at NIDAS Charity in Mansfield talking domestic abuse uh, and domestic violence as well here on this Mansfield 103.2 In Focus special. Don't go anywhere, more on this after the break. 
Mansfield 103.2's In Focus with Hopkins Solicitors, the first choice for family law. When you need legal advice, you need more than just a legal expert. You need someone you can talk to and trust. Visit hopkins-solicitors.co.uk. Mansfield 103.2, the home of great music. Welcome back to tonight's In Focus special. My name is Craig Priest and we're here at the NIDAS charity in Mansfield talking domestic violence and domestic abuse uh, tonight, of course. NIDAS, the Nottinghamshire Independent Domestic Abuse Services. Uh, alongside me this evening, Mansfield 103.2's police and crime correspondent Peter Jones. From NIDAS, we've got Becky Mathias and uh, Sue Reddy. And also from Hopkins Listers, we've got Rebecca Jackson. Now, before the break, we were talking a little bit more uh, in depth about what constitutes as domestic domestic violence and domestic abuse uh, and Peter Jones was picking us on a point about some statistics uh, for people who were getting involved with whether it's domestic abuse or domestic violence and Pete I believe you can shed some light for us on uh, how it all breaks down especially over the last couple of years or so since the, the, the developments on social media and things like that. Yes it's estimated that there's at least 1.9 million adults aged 16 to, to 59 who experienced domestic abuse last year and I'm talking uh, 2016 to March 2017 so that's still an awful lot of uh, people who were subject to it. I and think the key thing on that, sorry to cut you off, is, is the fact that they were reported cases. Yeah, How many more, uh, it begs the question, uh, you know, uh, cases which are going yeah. unreported? Well, they've always said that it probably happens 20 to 30 times before anybody actually gets around to reporting it. So when you build that into the equation, it's an awful lot that's happening out there. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, Sue and, uh, and Becky from NIDAS, what do you make of Pete's point there? Obviously, you know, he, he does say give us some stats on the reported mm. cases, but I, I imagine, you know, you must get people sort of ringing you up who want some advice, but are unwilling to, to go that extra step yeah. and actually make it an official mm. report. Uh, just just to mention, you, you, that's quite a high stat, isn't it? It's a national stat, isn't it, you were talking about? I mean, we're talking about uh, 16,000 uh, is the number that relates to Nottinghamshire uh, reported each year. Those are reports to police and again you know those that we don't know what the numbers are that are unreported but we receive those calls every single week you know where people, A like you mentioned uh, Rebecca in that you know people don't recognise first and foremost that they are suffering domestic abuse and actually our you know, our you know, clients find out about us through agencies like yourself so it's really first of all paramount that agencies like yourself, solicitors, doctors, nurses, schools absolutely know about domestic abuse services, not just ours, but we, we're surrounded, we've got some really good partner services as well. But, but on that as well, it's, it's making sure that we have access to, to support, but certainly we have individuals that come to us that do not, that choose to not report to police for whatever reason. We know what those, some of those reasons are, but in this case... Yeah, at least 50% of our referrals that no one's ever reported anything to any other service. Um, so that's a real interesting because I would say it's possibly double yeah. what we're hearing is being reported. That must be something which doesn't shock you, Pete, because obviously you've worked hands-on uh, in terms of domestic violent cases here in, in Mansfield and Ashfield, setting up a, uh, a unit and being involved in the unit back in 2003. That must be something which rings true, the fact that you perhaps know it's happening, but people are unwilling to go that extra step and actually make it formal. Well, I think it's important for people to realise that the term we're using now is domestic abuse, not just domestic violence, because it, it was a mindset before that people expected that to be violence. But now we're talking about physiological, uh, physical, sexual, psychological, financial and emotional. And 
even as as recent as, as December 2015, it was made a criminal offence to coerce or or have controlling behaviour. So these are all part of, of the domestic abuse that people are experiencing. And I'm hoping that tonight people will realise that it's it's not just about being punched, it's about that whole issue of being controlled and and being bullied and everything, you know, being locked in the house, not being allowed out. All those issues constitute domestic abuse and they are quite impactive on the victim. Is that something which, that's the issue which needs to be raised? Obviously we're in a week where it's Valentine's week, it's all about celebrating the love in, in a relationship, but you know, with love comes hate, with light comes dark. Is that something which people need to be more aware of? Do they need to be perhaps think, well that's not my partners, I'm not going to say gender specific because yeah. it's, it's not the case. Mm. That's, that's, that's not what my partner's doing, They're just that's just their mentality. Is that something that needs to be made in the more, made more prominent in the mainstream media, do you think? I'd absolutely agree with that. And, uh, and I think also about excuses, we, we would never agree that anything um, that people had chosen to do this because of alcohol or substance misuse or just because they're in a grumpy mood or because they were really stressed, actually, they're all excuses for behaving in a violent and aggressive and coercive way with your partner. And it's just unacceptable. Love isn't about controlling someone. Social media is playing, probably playing a key part in, in this now. You can get apps for phones, GPS tracker apps. Is that something you've seen more of over the last five, ten years or so since smartphones have developed this new age technology? Yeah, and you know what? I mean, my role um, before sort of managing uh, the project that is NIDAS, who I work for now, I worked as a frontline practitioner, just the same as Becky. And one of the one of the um, one of the technologies that we really advocated needed to happen was was were apps and safe ways for individuals to be able to use their phones quickly to be able to contact the police in those situations because actually you know phones I mean phones have developed massively and you know having a good safety and support plan in place is absolutely crucial and I think you'd agree yeah, with that definitely. Becky even and we're not just talking about adults we're talking about we're talking about children particularly you know um, but having not just social media I mean we, we know that children use social media quite a lot and actually they they're the most apt I think in terms yeah. of being able to pick it up quite quickly aren't they yeah. and, and being able to use it so um, but social media plays a massive part these days in uh, being able to keep somebody safe. You mentioned the word kids there and, and bringing the children into the equation Rebecca is a family law specialist at Hopkins when people come to, to see you and are talking about issues relating to domestic abuse and domestic violence do you have often have to ask the question whether the kids are involved in that as well do you, does it need to go further down the line and look at maybe getting preventative orders from stopping the abuser to from seeing the kids uh, definitely and uh, sometimes it actually works the opposite way so they will quite often come and see me in respect of children issues uh, whether that be private law matters which involve um, generally father and mother um, discussing custody over a, ch a child where the child's going to live, um, who the child's going to spend time with. Often um, through those discussions you you 
find out um, from talking to um, the mother or father that there has been some domestic abuse there and quite often the children have witnessed it and experienced it themselves um, that may lead to social care involvement with the children um, and then they might take issue with that so it's important that the, res- the parent that's experiencing the domestic abuse um, takes steps to protect that child or children um, to prove that they are prioritising the child over the relationship. Sue and Becky from, from NIDAS, obviously the kids thing is, a, is like a big issue but what I want to do is I want to put a different spin on this now, I want to have it go down a different road with this. Children who see a parent being abused violently or otherwise, is it something which they absorb and potentially could lead to them becoming an abuser in later life? I'd argue about them becoming an abuser. I think they can learn behaviours. But again, like we spoke about earlier, it's about making choices. We all make choices about what we do with our lives and our personalities and whether we go down one road or another. I think that they can and they do absolutely are impacted on by what's happening in that house and I think what happens often is there is some demonstrative behaviour within school environments so they may become aggressive, may become very passive um, and agree with everything that everyone's doing and try and be very popular and want to fit in or they may go to the other extreme and look to be part of a group and a gang so they have some kind of self-belief, some self-belonging because that's missing from their home environment. Is it are there certain traits which children can pick up on, especially at teenage age? Mm. I mean, I draw upon a little bit of personal experience. In my teenage years, I've lived in two households where in one household there was a victim of domestic abuse which was female, and in the other household there was a victim of domestic abuse which was male. Okay. Um, so for me, going to s- school and seeing these violent behaviours, sometimes mm. it would school would be an escape, but... Mm it would be very easy for me to not necessarily lose my temper but sort of pick up on a few of those traits and use certain words certain phrases and see violence as a as a thing do you think that kids can be subjected to that especially at that point of 14 15 oh my goodness yeah absolutely and this is a really crucial age being a teenager and adult you know upcoming to coming up to adolescence is quite a critical time in terms of our brain development and in terms of you know it's a difficult time anyway because you've got your hormones raging around your body Mm. you've got you've got so much going on being part of blended families is also very difficult you know it is a challenging time to make you know make sense of the world around you You you've got two different families two different sets of rules to live by but then the added the added sort of um, you know sort of curveball that is thrown in that is you know an, an abusive relationship, you know goodness me you know for anybody to sort of cope with that situation I mean you're going to have all sorts you know try a trying to work it out, b possibly trying to protect the individual who is being domestically abused, dependent on what you are seeing as well. It might be that you are seeing lots of manipulation, it might be that you are seeing lots of coerciveness, lots of lots of either mum or dad or brother, sister sort of having to put up with some pressures or even trying to manage those pressures by sort of, you know, um, by um, compromising um, compromising boundaries. That We see that quite a lot with, with parents, don't we? Yeah. But certainly to try and cope with those situations at 14, then going to school, it might be that, you, that it affects your behaviour. It might be that actually the only place that you can feel safe to be, be angry and to expletive and to, you know, to sort of allow those emotions to 
to to express themselves. It, it could be at school, and actually, it could be a sense of it could be a place to draw attention as well. Would you agree with that? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I think your ability as a young person to be able to emotionally regulate yourself is very difficult anyway. And if on top of that you're suffering trauma or exposed to domestic abuse, you, you're being shaken up like a bottle of pop, for want of a better term. And once that lid comes off, the explosion will spray around, really. I mean, we talk about how difficult it is for someone who is being abused to come forward and, and, and speak about it. But what about in that situation where you've got a 14 or 15-year-old child who is going to school living between these two hostile environments and letting off steam into in ways of anger is there is there more that schools and, and education should do to make them aware of what is actually happening rather yeah. than thinking it is just the norm well you know as well as sort of living with that home environment living in, you know having to put up with and not put up with having to go through education systems as well all the pressures that come with that GCSEs or you know assessments and things but certainly schools are pivotal you know pivotal in being able to they're the first place that you know education is the safest place for our children and people to be to be able to sort of have an open door forum to, to discuss what is a healthy relationship. So, you know, we talk about it being added to the PHSE uh, and the curriculum essentially, and, and I feel that that is absolutely crucial. And with the, there are some, you know, we carry out some education with targeted children and people that refer to us, and there, there is an agency called Equation that do that really, really quite well in school. And schools, I beg your pardon, but certainly there's not enough, and it needs to be that schools take. You know, I mean, the schools are great, aren't oh, they? Yeah. But certainly, and in particular, the younger children. So, although we're talking about teens, I would say children in primary school, your ability to learn and to be educated is not going to be there if you're not able to regulate your emotions and talk about the distress that's going on at home. You're hearing there from Becky and Sue from the charity NIDAS. That's where we are this evening on Mansfield 103.2's In Focus. Still to come, we'll talk a little bit more about that. We'll do. We'll talk more about what schools can potentially do to educate uh, children and, and perhaps parents as well on, on what is an abusive situation. Plus we'll talk about something which came to fruition in 2014, a little thing called Claire's Law. More on that after the break. Mansfield 103.2's In Focus with Hopkins Solicitors, the first choice for family law. When you need legal advice, you need more than just a legal expert. You need someone you can talk to and trust. Visit hopkins-solicitors.co.uk. You're with Mansfield 103.2, the home of great music. A very warm welcome to you this evening. If you've missed any of the programme so far, make sure you get on our website, mansfield103.co.uk, to catch up. You'll also see a video version on there as well. This is In Focus, where we're talking domestic violence and abuse tonight, obviously Valentine's week. Uh, a week where everybody celebrates love and happy relationships, but a lot of the time, sometimes behind closed doors you don't actually know what's going off. I'm with uh, Becky and Sue from Nihilus, I'm also with Rebecca Jackson from Hopkins Solicitors and also with us on the panel tonight completing the lineup is Peter Jones, former DCI and um, Mansfield 103.2's police and crime correspondent. Peter I'm going to come to you first obviously the law has changed in the last couple of years or so because before uh, before 2014 there would be no way of knowing if you meet when you meet a new partner if they've got a a history of domestic abuse or domestic violence but that all changed in 2014 with Claire's Law. Tell us a bit more. Yes it did it, and this is a result of uh, a incident that, that that resulted in a death and and now it is a right for a parent to actually ask the police to check to see if the new partner uh, has got a history of, uh, of violence not just uh, abuse but any violence. 
and that is something which has really perhaps changed the way in, in which people enter into relationships. Because it's not just females that can use this; males can use males can use it as well. Um, looking at a few statistics for who has used this um, over the last couple of years or so. In, in Derby in, in 2015, uh, 187 people used the service. In Nottinghamshire, uh, 177. And then last in, in 2016, 136 in Derby and 145 in Nottinghamshire. So it does show that people are, 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 are learning the lessons, the wrong word to use, but have heard the story and have maybe had doubts themselves and are therefore using uh, the new law and the new power which is available to them. Yeah, and I would still say, you know, you talk about Nottinghamshire, 145, was that in the last year? 2016. All oh, right, 2016. And, you know, when you talk about the 14,000 reports of domestic abuse and those unreported, th th that's still a relatively no low number. And, and actually, it was 2000, uh, 2017 that actually Mansfield District Council ran a campaign to reinvigorate and sort of, uh, just to sort of remind people that actually that's a service that is still available and what I would say as a domestic abuse support agency I still think there's a long way to go to actually um, advertise and let people know about that because still people don't fully understand that they have a right to know and a right to ask for that, that information. If you've got a concern about a new partner, you've got a concern about a, a partner that you've been seeing for a long time, whether you're male or female, you know, above the age of 16, you've got the right to know, right to ask about that person's criminal. Let's aspect. create a bit of a, a role play situation here then. It's obviously Valentine's night, so I'm sure there'll be uh, a, a few people that have been out there and enjoying it, but there are a few perhaps singletons as well. Maybe they've mm -hmm. caught their eye across the bar or they've used a, a really cheesy chat up line or something like that, and they've three or four, three or four weeks on and they're quite happy but there's something niggling in the back of the mind what sort of things Becky would set alarm bells ringing for you if you just met a new partner it's going well quite well so far three or four weeks what sort of things would make you want to potentially look at using that avenue of Claire's Law I think even very very small things like um, constantly commenting on what you're wearing and um, telling you yeah it looks nice but your knees don't look right in that dress or um, oh yeah I like that skirt but those shoes aren't right so although they're trying to compliment you there's some criticism within that um, also things like maybe changing what music you listen to so very very subtle things but things that would make me feel very uncomfortable mm -hmm. um, I would say to you and I say this to most women that I deliver um, a group to um, that you're probably not going to have physical violence on your first date that very rarely happens it does happen but it very rarely happens because chances are you probably aren't going to go again so they are very subtle things that you need to be looking for I think uh, I would absolutely agree with you there Becky but um, when you talk about Claire's Law and uh, that point where you get that worry week and I think actually I'm a bit mm -hmm. you know I kind of want to you know um, just find out a bit more about this person it would have to be something like you know where that 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 new partner is sort of suggesting that my former partner did this to me or I went through court and there's a restraining order and this is because of such and such and that's their fault or and, oh, and they're, not, th seeing oh, they're not seeing their children you know and I guess you know or they, or they might have been in prison before some people actually put that some perpetrators actually yeah. give that information as a way to sort of you know enable that the, the, the new partner the victim if you like to, to kind of you know to, to empathize with their situation and so that's kind of a bit of a, a coercive sort of manipulation if you like and so that's quite a, a, bit, a bit of a clever one to get your head around and and I guess you've probably seen this Pete you know with and heard this uh, a thousand times at that point you wouldn't necessarily in the first few weeks sort of you know I guess um, ask for a Claire's law but certainly where you are introducing you know children 
to, to uh, you know, that new relationship. And, you know, that's where if there's an alarm bell ringing, you know, just just nip to your local police station 101. Ask that question. It's a right to right to ask. If you've got services involved with you, if you've got a local school, anybody can ask that question. Social care, health, you know, us at NIDAS, you know, other domestic abuse agencies, we can ask that for that on your behalf. Yes, you've got to remember that people who are entering new relationships perhaps haven't been in a relationship for quite some time. And so they're looking for anything that will that will allow them for it to continue. And to some extent, they'll ignore some of the stuff that, that would be a warning sign to most of us. But it's because they actually want the, the relationship to work. And uh, and that's a problem that... that, that that has to be addressed. You've got you've got to look and see what's happening and make sure that you are identifying those problems and, and, and seeking advice. Let's bring Rebecca in from Hopkins on this. From a legal sort of perspective, people you often hear of prenups and things like that nowadays as well. Is there a time where perhaps they've come to see you, they're thinking about getting married and setting up home together, but they, they want to get perhaps a prenup uh, involved and stuff like that? Do you potentially sort of talk to them and maybe suggest, Claire, or if there's something which is, is niggling on them? Have you seen it where clients have, have been posted onto to Claire's Laws from, from a visit to you guys or heard stories of something similar? Well, I would actually reiterate Sue's point that I don't think there's enough awareness about Claire's Law. Um, Sue picked up on the point of however many referrals, 14,000 referrals compared to 100 and how many was it? 177 have only contacted them. And that's potentially only the people that are not especially vulnerable clients who wouldn't think to do that and who wouldn't just accept domestic abuse. These that statistic may be the people who are a bit stronger, they've developed um, an ability to appreciate the impact of domestic abuse, whereas that, in comparison to the um, level of referrals, it's not significant enough. So, um, no, I, d I don't think there's been enough awareness, and, and certainly no client who's come to see me has raised it um, and that's a good point, actually, if I can just come in on that, about vulnerability. Mm. You're talking about, uh, you know, we, we come from an area where, you know, we have got a lot of disadvantage and actually, you know, understanding what, what is Claire's Law, mm. you know, and what does this mean to me? At what point, you know, you know, can I sort of ask that information? And people need permission to even ring the police when they're in a crisis situation. Mm. So at what point do people think that it's okay to ask the question about, you know, can I ask about my new partner's, um, you know, you yeah. know criminal I think background. sometimes it's too late as well mm. not not necessarily too late but sometimes they enter into these relationships and they mm. don't know the background and then months go by and social care become involved um, with the family because they're aware that you've um, started up a relationship with a, a risky person um, and they've been they've not been told that information um, so yeah. Yeah, and maybe just on the back of that, if that's okay to say, this is where friends and family yeah. and agencies need to, especially agencies. We as agencies, well, we're domestic abuse agencies, so this is kind of our bread and butter. We mm. know about these mm. signs and symptoms, what to look for in a, an unhealthy relationship. And uh, but but I mean, I've, I've been speaking to you know, um, I've been speaking to homeless people's hostels recently, and just the uncertainty about what is domestic abuse still comes up for quite a number of our agencies. Definitely. And it's our agencies, it's our family, our friends that need to feel okay to give us a ring if they've got a family, a friend, member of their, you know, wider 
friendship network, social group, they need to sort of come and speak to a professional or speak to somebody and get some advice. Mm -hmm. And even a solicitor, just, you know, not even just a solicitor, mm -hmm. not to, but uh, just to be able to feel okay to ask Definitely. the question. But is that where the problem itself lies? Somebody coming forward, somebody having that doubt and then having the confidence to come forward because that's at the end of the day what it all boils down to isn't it it's it's a confidence issue of whether it's being able to come forward and, and seek help by being abused or being able to come forward and say i think there's something wrong and i need to potentially use that is that the the biggest stumbling block of all yeah and i think also admitting you're feeling like maybe you've entered the wrong relationship if that's something you've done before as well being able to ask someone or get support from someone chances are if you're in, in an abusive relationship you're quite isolated anyway because that will be part of the tactic to keep you away from your friends and family and to try and end some of those relationships so you haven't got support so all of those things absolutely will have an impact on whether you're able to go forward or even just ring the police for some advice now claire's law obviously is named after 36 year old claire wood who was murdered by her ex-boyfriend back in 2009 um Peter Jones, former Detective Chief Inspector, Mansfield 103.2's Police and Crime Correspondent as well. Has the number of cases where the police have got involved changed over the years? Has the attitude perhaps from the police changed as well? Because time upon time, back in the, the, back in the day, it would just be a case of, oh, it's domestic, leave it, leave it between themselves. Is, is the amount of times where police can get involved now changed? Has, has that view changed from a force perspective, do you think? Yes, very much so. And I'm pleased to say that it's changed a long while ago. But certainly uh, in the 70s and early 80s, it was that attitude. And I think it was because of the word violence being in it. But now that the officers are being trained to investigate domestic abuse and they understand the full ranges of it, there's a lot more impact uh, that, that is being done. And in, you know, in Mansfield, the Nashville area, uh, for, for many years, they've actually had a specialist unit dealing with this type of an offence. Certainly it's something which we'd like to see continue in terms of the unit being active and people having the confidence to come forward on that as well. Very briefly, Sue and Becky from NIDAS, if people uh, are out there, first and foremost I'll start with, with Becky and they've just started a new relationship as we say, <coughs> give me five bullet points for thing, which, five or three bullet points which may uh, set the alarm bells ringing to think, do you know what, I might need to do a little bit of research here and just to make sure that that niggling doubt in the back of my mind is put to sleep. Um, I think checking your phone, so maybe checking your phone if or part, if the partner, partner is checking, is checking your phone um, and wanting to read your messages, maybe going in and um, having your password for your um, social media networks and perhaps contacting friends. Um, I think finances as well, very quickly, um, some of our women will tell us that their new partner has had their cash card or had their money started to be paid into their account. So again, that would be something that I'd be really worried about. Turning up to your workplace, uh, and again, we're talking about Valentine's Night, aren't we? Mm -hmm. Someone turning up with a great big bunch of roses seems very exciting and very much about being in love. Actually, there may be another darker side to that, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, that'd be something else. Just turning up at your workplace all the time and phoning you at your workplace and causing you some grief. And Sue, if people want to find out more information about Claire's Law and how to, to use that and the support they can get locally, very briefly, where can they do, where can they do that? 
Well, there's a, a number of different avenues you can find out about Claire's Law. First of all, you can Google it. You know, the good old World Wide Web is good for that information, first and foremost. Nottinghamshire Police have information about Claire's Law. Um, Mansfield District Council, Ashfield Council, any council should have that information. You can ring NIDAS uh, on, on our number, which is uh, available on our website, uh, um, as well as, um, yeah, Nottingham. Most agencies should yeah. have that information yeah. as well. So. Yeah. And we'll put all those details on our website at mansfield103.co.uk as well. Still to come in the final part of tonight's In Focus, we'll talk about uh, males being the victim of domestic violence and abuse. We'll talk about the differences between that as well and uh, also give you the advice on where you can go if you feel that there's something not quite right about your relationship. It is, of course, Valentine's week where love is something which is very much in the spotlight but sometimes behind closed doors things can be a little bit different to what they seem on the surface. More on that after these. Mansfield 103.2's In Focus with Hopkins Solicitors, the first choice for family law. When you need legal advice, you need more than just a legal expert. You need someone you can talk to and trust. Visit hopkins-solicitors.co.uk. Mansfield 103.2, the home of great music. A very good evening to you. This is In Focus with me, Craig Priest, where tonight we're taking a look at the sensitive issue of domestic violence and abuse here at the Nidus Charity in Mansfield. If you've missed any of the shows so far, mansfield103.co.uk is the place to be. Some really interesting stuff which has come up in the debate and topics uh, tonight. Alongside me, Peter Jones, Mansfield 103.2's uh, police and crime correspondent. Also, we've got Becky and Sue uh, from Nidus and Rebecca from Hopkins Listers as well. Now, We've mentioned this and we've touched upon this at the start of the show this evening that a lot of relations when it comes to domestic violence and abuse, people always think about the woman uh, being the victim of the abuse and, and the violence, but also it does happen to men as well. And that's one key thing which I'm sure, especially at this time of year, we really need to highlight. Yeah, and definitely. We do get less referrals from males, um, but I would probably say to you that it's exactly the same as the women the lack of confidence not knowing where to access services um not not wanting to look like they've done something wrong and maybe they're coming to us to say they're they're the victim but they're not that can happen and people will sometimes make a mistake in, in how they assess that situation but i think also just being very macho and very gender-based um, that men don't access we know access services if, in any kind whether that be health um, education or su support services in the same way that women do um, and I think the emphasis is not on them to access in the same way either because for a lot of our women in particular they're family based so it might be that they've accessed support for the children they've never accessed it for themselves and then they get it for themselves on the back of having support for the children So you here at NIDAS I know that you guys do support men as well who have been victims of abuse are there many that that come forward or do you find it is a, a really large difference between males and females coming well, forward i think what i want to remind you of is that you know we know that women are still it's a gendered issue women are still primarily the victims of domestic abuse and one in four women compared to what we think is about one in six men and that's that's a bit of a, a figure that I'm not too confident about uh, but certainly you know what we do know and also that the the violence that women experience usually carries greater harm and greater risks so that's something just to highlight as well and and the ex the abuse that men experience is less physical so you, you are more highly likely to experience 
death as a result of domestic abuse as a woman than you are as a man. However, it, it doesn't. It's not. It's st it's still a form of domestic abuse. It's still not acceptable. You know, whatever form of abuse, and we do support males at NIDAS. Just looking at some figures provided by uh, the charity Menkind, the national charity who uh, support male victims of domestic and partner abuse. Uh, for every three victims of domestic abuse, two will be female and one will be male. Peter James. Yes, I mean, let's just rem let's just remember that we're talking about any incident or pattern of incidents of controlling, coercive, threatening behaviour, violence or or abuse between those aged 16 or over who are or have been intimate partners or family members regardless of gender or sexuality. So you're talking male on female, female on male, male on male, female on female. It's that whole range. Let's let's not just assume that it's that it's one particular type of offence. If you're in a relationship and it's an intimate relationship, whatever your gender, then you can be a victim of domestic abuse and you need to consider getting the right and appropriate advice. Now, obviously, I'm going to bring Rebecca in here on this. Obviously, the laws have changed in terms of openly gay marriages and things like that as well now. So in years to come, there will be, if there hasn't been already, uh, couples of the same sex who come to file for a divorce or separation or whatever. Would it be the same standard of practice for you identifying somebody who has been a victim of abuse? Uh, definitely and I would say I've already experienced that coming through um, with same-sex relationships victims of domestic abuse both male and female um, so the criteria is obviously the same um, but I did actually want to just pick up a point that uh, Becky did say um, with regards to men and accessing it from a legal perspective I do think that they are under the assumption that the laws favoured to women rather than male uh, and uh, there has been a number of developments over the years which mean that that, that isn't correct it, whilst that may have been a situation in the past where the law tended to weigh a lot on on the mother um now the presumption is equal equal rights it is so i think males should be aware of that and not simply not choose not to seek legal advice just because they assume that the mother will get more rights than them that's not the case now that's obviously we've not got much time left in the program tonight so let, what i really want to do now is highlight some of the key issues uh, of domestic violence and abuse it is a time of year where as we've mentioned numerous times tonight you know love is prevalent and it, it's it's in the public eye but like we say what goes behind on behind closed doors is very very different indeed we were talking earlier about situations working with teenagers in schools and, and things like that to help them identify what abuse is because in actual fact this is a, a good point to bring up with the development of social media you've got apps such as you, you dating apps tinder and plenty of fish and, and things like that where people are getting into these online relationships and abuse dom domestic abuse a form of domestic abuse can actually stem from there even at the early ages yeah absolutely and very early on in a relationship as well what we know is um things like snapchat as well so lots of encouraging of using um social media to send pictures of yourself maybe half naked pictures and and then they do get passed around the whole school or to groups of friends um and i think it's very difficult again it's that teenage um, where you take risks where you believe that maybe that person does really care about you so you think it's a safe thing to do and actually having an understanding of and the snapchat thing again people often say and young people i work with all the time will say it's only on there for 10 seconds 
nothing's and on social more than yeah what it should be. absolutely in 10 seconds there's never been just 10 seconds if it's on social media you've got your footprint yeah well. absolutely so that soon becomes something much bigger and before you know it you know mums and dads and grandparents and teachers have all seen this picture and, and i think and I think just to sort of bring pete in what we know is obviously sharing pictures images yeah. is a criminal offense and so you're talking about young people as young as, as 14 sort of you know in the a young person at my son's school um, actually sort of shared an image and actually didn't realise the consequence. And this is the importance of education at an early age. And, and even younger than that, you know, we're talking about, you know, 10-year-olds, 9-year-olds sort of, you know, their first experience of love and buying a Valentine's card for their for their boyfriend that they like or whatever. But then, you know, the exposure to social media is absolutely rife. It's, it's, it's beyond habitual now. And actually, this is where we need to really take it seriously. And I know a lot of schools are doing a lot of work, really fantastic yeah. work making us as parents aware of the dangers of social media but I still think parents perhaps aren't taking advantage of that that, that education and learning perhaps for different pressures I mean it's very difficult you know if you're working not working other pressures understand like you say Peter earlier access to social media it means you've got to have a computer you've got to have a phone you've got to have some understanding levels of understanding Kind of thing. But youngsters today have that understanding and they use it for all all sorts of purposes. And you've got to remember that in the in the years ago, people used to regard uh, domestic abuse and domestic violence as being a working class type uh, offence. It's not that. It goes through all types of of, of, of social uh, strata. It goes through all the age ranges, particularly now with with the use of social. Uh, social media and so people have to realize that it that it can affect everybody not just anybody it can affect everybody and that's important to get that message out i think i think another point which i want to pick up on as well is we're talking about the sending of images and the what people would class as bullying online for a teenager but is is that the problem and the thing the area which needs addressing and nitpicking the most because if it happens to a 14, 15, 16 year old, yeah. it's looked at as bullying. Absolutely. Whereas if it happens to a 21, 22, 23 year old, it's looked at as abuse. When you file it down, mm-hmm. it's exactly the same thing. Yeah, and I, I would totally agree. I think it is about people's understanding and knowledge. And I think it's also about if we looked at the media in relation to um, social media and we looked at schools I think it's it's not schools schools won't know about the services out there they won't know all of this they'll only know little bits of it again so to be able to support students is a really difficult job um, so it's not a criticism of anyone that works elsewhere and I think also if you look at any kind of sort of um, organisation like an education there's going to be a lot of women going back to domestic abuse we don't know how many teachers within that school may be experiencing that abuse. So that so it should also be rolled out to everyone and that there should be policies around that for not only the pupils but the staff within that education setting as well. Peter, I think sometimes it is difficult for people to, to come forward and, and talk about being abused, whether it's domestic abuse or, or whatever. How many times do you feel... Uh, Perhaps if you were a serving officer and you went round to a house to deal with a case, maybe to do with, you know, something like a burglary or something like that, but then you'd spot signs which could be to do with domestic abuse. Maybe the male always taking precedence over talking to the female or vice versa. Um, Would you be inclined to sort of keep half an eye on that and follow it up if you spotted a sign? 
even if it was dealing with a completely unrelated incident? Yes, and it's possible to actually uh, take the person to one side at some stage. They do it very well at hospitals now, uh, that, that yeah. if, if people go in with an injury, that they can actually uh, be isolated to some extent so they can get the stuff. And the cops do the same. You know, they can actually have a reason to, to take somebody to one side and just say, I don't want you to necessarily do anything now, but it's important that you understand that this is what we can do. And, you know, this is the information we can pass to you when it's safe to do so make sure that you contact us or another agency if you're more comfortable with that. Rebecca, I'm going to put the same question to you because it's almost the, the same situation. If you're in a room mediating with, with two people and they're having a slanging match over who should have the kids, who should have the, ha the house and things like that, do you sometimes perhaps think the issue could be deeper and, and then maybe be inclined to explore it or do you just think it's all to do with the heat at the moment? No, uh, definitely I would say that um, it can run deeper with um, relationships and it's a, that's part of my job really to unravel it and I think that's the, the benefit of coming to see us at Hopkins and as well as at NIDAS so people can look at it objectively, um, someone who's out of that relationship and give uh, an objective view and let that person perhaps see um, it from another of you yeah so sadly we are running out of time for this evening's program but before we wrap things up let's uh, just finally uh, touch upon this from earlier on we were talking about Claire's law before the break what if somebody's listening to this tonight or watching this and thinking I identify with that but I'm not entirely sure how to go about the process of, of going down the path of Claire's law how is it done Okay, what I would say to you is, first and foremost, you can contact ourselves at NIDAS. You can contact us on uh, via Facebook, via Twitter. Uh, we've got a Twitter handle at N1NIDAS, N1DAS. We've got facebook.com uh, slash NIDAS Mansfield. Our phone number, which is 01623 683 250, or email us hello at NIDAS. You can also contact us through the uh, Nottinghamshire uh, Domestic Abuse Helpline. And that number is 0808 800-0340. Um, likewise, you can contact Hopkins solicitors. You can contact the police on 101 and any other agency, GPs, um, health schools, they should have this information. Um, but we at NIDAS are here to listen to you objectively. As Rebecca said, we'll always give you our time and give you sound objective advice, which is you know what we promise every single call every single call that comes through whoever you may be. I'm going to finish on, on this point, I'm going to go around the panel, I'll start with Peter Jones, our former uh, Detective Chief Inspector over in the far corner. People listening to this tonight are obviously, you know, whether they're in a relationship or they've got friends who are in a relationship and have identified these behaviours, the biggest thing always is speaking out. What's your message, your brief message to those to try and get help? Things have moved on. People are there to help and support you. And there are lots of people who are willing and able to do it, as you've just been told. So make use of it, seek some advice and see what help can be offered. Rebecca, same to you, your message. Um, I would mirror that of uh, Peter. Uh, just that um, try to uh, come out of your shell, try and see who you can contact, um, seek the appropriate advice and... Um, Hopefully, um, the right person will be able to help you. And from two people who work in an area, at a charity specialising in this area, what's your message? We'll start with you, Becky. 
I think it's exactly the same, but I think also just to say, go to the person you feel most comfortable with. If that doesn't have to be a professional, it may be a friend, and and we will accept um, a phone call from other people as well as the actual victim of the domestic abuse so that we can start that process of supporting. And finally, sue, sue yourself. Uh, what I would also say is that um, agencies working with staff members, particularly businesses, um, you know, it, it, just remember, you know, it, health can be incapacitated, mental health can be capacitated. Listen, look for the signs and symptoms, make sure that you are there and you ask those questions but always point them in the right direction of support. And remember that, you know, it's not related to age as well. One of the points I wanted to say is that, you know, anybody of any age can experience domestic abuse. It's really important to sort of know that that service and support is available for anybody. Fantastic. Well, it has been a really insightful uh, conversation and discussion tonight. I hope you at home have uh, picked up anything that you need to from this. There are places out there which can, can help you. Domestic abuse and violence is not okay. If you are somebody who you think that you're suffering at the hands of this and you might identify with something which you've heard this evening, do be brave and make that step to go and get your voice heard. There are plenty of ways you can do so. All the details are on our website. And what about if the shoe is on the other foot for a moment? What about if you're in a relationship and you've started to notice some of your own behaviours which you might be questioning in your own head and thinking, could that be looked at as abuse? Could something I'm doing be looked at as a, as a form of abuse? You can change and you can get help and advice for that as well. So please do so because on Valentine's week, whilst we don't know what goes on behind closed doors and whilst we're not always happy to, to talk about it and to be open with what's happening there is help out there domestic abuse and domestic violence is never okay this is mansfield 103.2's in focus we'll see you next time thanks for listening mansfield 103.2's in focus with hopkins solicitors the first choice for family law when you need legal advice you need more than just a legal expert you need someone you can talk to and trust visit hopkins-solicitors.co.uk